Welcome to Data Driven Talk. I'm your host, Enrico Signoretti, and in this podcast, we will talk about data and data storage. Every week, I'll be meeting with end users, industry experts, and other enterprise IT community members to talk about the latest news, market, and technology trends with opinions, interviews, and other stories coming from the field. We will cover everything data related creation, storage, processing, management, security, and consumption. In other words, we will talk about IoT, big data, small and large storage systems, storage devices, cloud and on-premises infrastructure, and more. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or directly from our RSS feed. Stay tuned for a new episode of Data Driven Talk every week. Hi everyone and welcome to Data Driven Talk, a podcast about data and data storage. I'm your host, Enrico Signoretti, and today I'm joined by Andy Ardi, EMEA Region Vice President at Nasuni. Ciao Enrico, hi. Thank you very much for joining me today. This is the first episode of um, Data Driven Talk, as I said, and I'm very happy to have you, especially because, uh, you know, I started blogging uh, many years ago, actually. When I was a, a compellent reseller at that time, probably the first uh, Italian reseller. At, you were. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, can you introduce yourself for the people that uh, may not know you and uh, what you're doing today? And- sure thing. Happy to. So good day, everyone. My name's Andy Hardy. I'm a regional vice president for Nasuni here in uh, Europe. Um, my accent is Australian, um, but I've lived here in Europe for nearly 30 years. Uh, I was IT director from one of the global banks in London at one stage back in the 90s. Uh, I then got involved in investing in storage companies, and uh, uh, that included Compellent, which you mentioned, uh, Enrico. Um, I ended up quitting the bank and becoming one of the leaders at Compellent, uh, where we uh, had some success growing that business in the 2000s, late 2000s. Uh, floated that business, and then um, eventually uh, that business was bought by Michael Dell. Uh, so I became leader of Dell Storage uh, Division in EMEA as a consequence of that. Um, but it was interesting in um, in that time period, Enrico, around uh, 2011 when I think that happened, mm-hmm. uh, we started to see the volume of uh, storage sales for storage systems bought by enterprise customers started to decrease a little bit for the first time which sort of surprised me. I'd spent at that time 25 years investing in and buying storage and uh, uh, running storage businesses. Uh, and, of course, we see that the, uh, the volume starts to move into the cloud. So uh, that's, um, that's why now I work for Nasuni. 
which is to do with uh, getting unstructured file data into the cloud. I think that um, there's been a massive uh, shift uh, in the market and uh, we're, we're uh, excited to lead uh, some of that change. Yeah, in fact, uh, this is very interesting and this is the main reason why I wanted you today here. So th there are several challenges today in the modern enterprise, okay, data everywhere, people everywhere. And they are accessing with, uh, you know, several types of devices and they travel a lot and uh, they are really dispersed, okay, not, not even distributed. They're really, you know, they are everywhere. And, uh, but uh, there are, I think, uh, a couple of uh, very important uh, challenges today. One is the fact that uh, everybody wants to access data everywhere. And the other thing is uh, security, okay? So, uh, and at the same time, we are still accessing data with, you know, most of the time with traditional protocols, right? That's correct, so yeah. Most uh, applications, most users are still using SIFS, NFS, SMB uh, for accessing unstructured data, which is, you know, 80% plus of, of the data in most corporations, yeah. I'm sure that many companies have uh, on-premise uh, doesn't enable their people to work quite so easily in this internet world. So this is what uh, Nasuni uh, has invented. Um, I think about nine years ago when, when the company first got started uh, is a cloud native file system. We have the world's only uh, cloud native file system. I'll explain a bit more about what that is in a moment. But um, the, the idea, the intent is that we can replace traditional NAS filers and the backup that goes with them and the DR, the replication, et cetera, uh, from on-premise. And we can uh, provide some technology, a combination of technologies, which lets us leverage public cloud, for example, Microsoft Azure or uh, uh, AWS or private cloud, things like cloud object storage uh, and others, um, so that we can turn what used to be a file system, a NAS in one location, maybe in your main office, then you have many others in your small branch offices, et cetera, turn this into a single global file system, which uh, performs just like the existing uh, on-premise solution. So that's really the problem that uh, Nasuni tried to solve. Uh, and I think it does make the uh, traditional NAS on-premise obsolete. Um, so that's that's uh, giving you an idea uh, about where we're coming from, Enrico. You're telling me that okay, you're solving the the problem of accessing data in terms of uh, you know traditional protocols, okay. But uh, the backend is totally different, okay. Distributed and with a object storage backend, so uh, and it's very nice also because. I work for an object storage. Well, well Enrico, so, I, think, I think object storage is, is hugely important. Whether we're talking about public cloud or private cloud, on-premise or in someone else's premises, uh, erasure coding, uh, the technology of object storage, I believe is fundamentally changing the cost model for storage. And the problem is uh, unstructured file data for most people is, is growing extremely rapidly. And we have so many legacy applications. Um, we have a uh, you know, huge install base of um, NAS uh, storing files which users and applications need to access using traditional protocols, SIFS, NFS, SMB. Now, if someone had a magic wand and could rewrite every application in the world so that uh, it was using S3 natively, to directly access the object storage, well, that, that'd be cool and groovy. 
but that just isn't the way it works in um, in enterprise environments, Henry. Because I think you know. So there is a yeah, yeah. I know very so, well. Yes. So there is a, a huge need we think for uh, a way to leverage the huge advantages that we get from object storage and erasure coding um, in the cloud. So the cost advantages, the resilience, the redundancy, um, the robustness of, of, of object storage you know, at much lower cost than traditional on-premise storage. Uh, where Nasuni fills the gap is to turn that object storage into something which can be used to replace on-premise traditional NAS and, and the, the backup of that NAS. Okay, so um, I give for granted that there are some integration that, uh, you know, solutions like yours have, like uh, Active Directory, yeah. for example, integration and something like that, okay. What I want to know is uh, there are several problems in, in um, working with files, okay. One is performance, mm -hmm. for example. You want local performance even if you have, you know, a remote uh, location for storing mm -hmm. data, Okay. And, uh, and then there are many others, like security, mm. okay? So how do you manage the fact that you have in a remote location, it could be, yes, a private object store, but it could also be a public object store, okay? And you know better than me now that every now and then you discover that someone left uh, an Amazon bucket open to the, sure. to the public, okay? This is just a mistake, but actually it's a mistake that can compromise the security of an mm. entire company, okay? So, uh, do you have uh, do you have any you know any how does it work? Okay, because uh, this is probably the most important thing. Well, we, we have to address a few problems. Um, we have to address the problems of performance uh, and latency. If we're going to use object stores, which are on the other side of the world, perhaps uh, we're going to address the problems of security as well. And we, there's another problem, Enrico, that we want to address, which is uh, the ability to provide global collaboration, global volume management, global file locking. So I'll, I'll take each of these in turn. So, so first of all, in, in terms of performance, um, what we do is we provide um, uh, uh, this file system implemented in the object storage, as, as I said. That means that uh, with the world's only cloud-native file system, we have uh, everything, the metadata, uh, the files themselves, Uh, stored in the object storage. But, of course, if I have a global organization, and many of our customers are global organizations, uh, I could have uh, an office in Roma, an office in London, an office in San Francisco, an office in Sydney, and they would all need to be able to uh, access the files as if they were local. So we combine the um, the, the uh, cloud-native file system in the object storage, which can be on one side of the world. We combine that with... Uh, uh, a cache technology. Uh, we provide edge cache appliances that go on premise. Now, those appliances, um, actually, we give them for free. They're, they're running in virtual machines, running in, um, for example, uh, Hyper-V or VMware or Nutanix or something like that. And what that virtual appliance does, it, it basically pretends to be a Windows file system. Uh, it integrates with Active Directory and uh, DFS namespace and uh, Veronis and, you know, all of those sorts of things like normal. Um, and it serves up SIFS, NFS, SMB. But even if we're replacing NetApp or Isilon filers on those sites, which might have hundreds of terabytes of capacity, we'll only have a few terabytes of cache storage. And that's because um, we don't really need to keep anything long term. 
uh, on the uh, on the site. But the way it works is it, it eliminates the perception of latency from the user. When they're writing locally, it's stored in the cache briefly. We then convert the file into objects, um, these uh, uh, cloud objects, which we compress if they're compressible and we dedupe them if they're dedupable. Um, we always encrypt them, by the way, with encryption keys that belong to our customers. So I'll come back to that. And we stream those objects off to the object store, even if it's on the other side of the world. But the, the beauty of this architecture is that um, even if you're reading a file and it's not in the cache, maybe because it was created in another location, maybe because of a, a disaster uh, issue or something like that, it doesn't matter that the file is not in the cache. We still stream it from the cloud almost as fast as if you had it uh, locally in the cache. And that's to do with the nature of how this um, cloud-based file system works in combination with the local cache. So that's the first thing that we take care of at Nasuni is okay. um, leveraging a, a global file system with local access where the, uh, the, the latency and the performance is just like the on-premise solution that we replaced. Make sense so far? Yes, please. So the second thing that we do is we, um, we try to make it uh, uh, secure in the same way that it is uh, locally on-premise, even though we're leveraging uh, cloud technology. And the way that we do that is we encrypt uh, the objects before they leave our customer's premise uh, using encryption keys that belong to our customers. So this enables us to uh, uh, meet uh, the, the requirements of GDPR data privacy by design, uh, for example. So if, um, if I'm going to um, store something in the cloud, uh, if it's been encrypted before it leaves my premises, if it's been encrypted with encryption keys that belong to the customer, then it means that the data remains private no matter where else in the world it's stored. And it turns out that for our customers, this is important, not only if they're using public cloud, but also if they're using private cloud. So, uh, you know, we have customers like global advertising agencies, for example, um, who have offices here in Europe, but they're using uh, private cloud object storage, which is physically in the US, but they have um, uh, requirements that uh, uh, are different in the US around compliance and security and so forth. So we can maintain the privacy um, legitimately for the the person who creates the data in Europe because it's been encrypted before it leaves. And if they don't have the encryption keys at the other location, then the, the data privacy is maintained. Does that make sense, Enrico? Yes, totally. So uh, ju just uh, to do a quick recap, uh, on one side, you solve the problem of performance, okay, because you optimize everything before leaving the local appliance. No matter if this is virtual or physical, I think it's just a matter of different resources in the in the machine. So depending on the number of uh, users, probably you can size different kind of appliances, okay, physical or yeah. virtual. And you do the duplication, you do compression if you can, and uh, you just send the data to the cloud and uh, you use uh, the local appliance as a cache and... Uh, if you need something that is not available locally, you are smart enough to stream it mm -hmm. directly instead of sure. doing the local copy yeah. and then provide it. Okay. And on the other side, you also solve the, the problem of security because uh, by encrypting everything before leaving the premises of the customer, you no matter the backend that you that the customer Correct. chooses, okay, public, private, or whatever, you can uh, 
you can give them uh, uh, you know uh, a, a system that uh, uh, that is secure to for them and uh, uh, there is another thing, okay, that I know because uh, uh, there is the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Part, that's correct. Right? Yeah. Which you. Yep. So, so that's that's so you... correct, Enrico. So we we provide some additional services um, that we run in the cloud, which let us orchestrate any number of these appliances globally. So the reason we have the cloud file system in the first place is so that we have unlimited scale. We mean unlimited, not just how many petabytes can I store in a file system, but other dimensions of scale, how many volumes, how many files, uh, you know, etc. But importantly, it means that we can have access to the file system at any number of locations. And the way that we're able to uh, to deliver that um, and scale, you know, without without limit is that we don't have to copy data, copy files or metadata between uh, each of the nodes. They only need to communicate to the object storage in the cloud and to the Masuni cloud service, which orchestrates this. Uh, That includes, for example, the ability to provide global volume management and global file locking. So we have um, customers who have some staff in Rome, some staff in London, some staff in Sydney, in Australia, some in San Francisco, and they can all access the same files at the same time and make changes with file locking semantics working exactly the same way as if they're in the local office. And this opens up the ability to do collaboration on a global scale. So for example, we have customers in manufacturing and uh, uh, engineering and construction where people are building a bridge in Kuwait with design engineers in Stuttgart and the detail engineers in Hyderabad in India simultaneously accessing the same 3D CAD model so that the, uh, the, 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 the CAD has one source of truth, uh, which means that um, we can have uh, maybe a problem on the site, they need to uh, move the bridge in a different way, uh, the design engineer can access the same um, 3D model that the guys on, on the ground are seeing and make the changes uh, for them. Um, without having to have this need to copy the whole model between different locations, and a you know a construction model can be can be a very big thing. A BIM model. We have some of the world's. In fact, we have the world's largest uh, uh, engineering construction companies using this technology for that purpose. So we think that the opportunity uh, is just not only to replace the existing on-premise technology, but to make it better, to make it something that can be used as a a global file system, uh, truly. What happens if I have a an user that uh, needs uh, to access uh, files while on the move, so on a laptop that is connected to the internet, or mm-hmm. or on uh, with a you know mobile phone? So there are lots of technologies that can address that problem. I mean, file sync and share technologies are mm-hmm. commonplace now. OneDrive for Business, Google Drive, Dropbox, etc. Um, but what we can't do with those technologies is replace the existing. Uh, NetApp and Isilon, et cetera, that uh, the customers are using. So we, uh, we do provide um, uh, clients for mobile access uh, and for web access as well, um, but we're providing that access to this same global cloud file system. But the way people mm-hmm. use that technology primarily is uh, in each of their branch offices, their robo-sites, their main data centers and headquarters sites, uh, they would have these... Um, Virtual filers, which access the the global file system, uh, so you can have the full you know locking semantics, etc. And on top of that, um, if you want to have uh, 
uh, access from your hotel room to download something, then, you know, of course, we have the usual tools that let me do that on my on my iPhone mm-hmm. or my Android or, uh, um, you know, via a web interface, et cetera, as well. I see. So you, you mentioned that uh, you, Nazuni is installed in, you know, several types of companies, so construction and you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, large enterprise in manufacturing, okay. But uh, so do you have the, uh, an example of the largest but also of the smallest installation that you have? Because sometimes the technology is really cool, but, uh, you know, if you are not a multi-billion sure. company... You can, uh, you can. So, uh, taking the large end first, you know, most of our customers, Enrico, are, are enterprise customers. Um, so we're talking about global businesses which have, um, you know, petabytes of file storage um, where we may have replaced hundreds of uh, file servers uh, in, in multiple continents. Um, so that's at the large end. We, of course, have many, many uh, mid-sized customers, but, you know, I think we have um, 15 Fortune 500 uh, customers, for example, so far. Uh, we have many mid-sized customers. And, uh, of course, we, you know, we do have some smaller customers as well, but we're really focusing where customers have, you know, 50, 100 terabytes more and uh, typically, you know, five or more uh, locations at which they want to replace the on-premise file uh, infrastructure that they have today. Um, and uh, by the way, it, it's not just that we replace the, uh, uh, the filers, we replace the backup that goes with them too. So for many of our customers, scale is not just about how many terabytes they have, it's about how many locations they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've done some work for uh, uh, one of the world's largest insurance companies here in London, um, and uh, they had uh, 148 sites globally where previously they had Uh, you know, a small file server and some tape backup, uh, et cetera. But uh, that sounds pretty cheap. But on top, they had a, a contract with um, one of the uh, large system integrators to send a, a man in a van once a month to, you know, change the tapes and look, look for how to look after that. And that cost them a lot of money. So the important thing is um, scale means different things to different people. Some people might have a lot of terabytes. That's one kind of scale. Some people might not have so many terabytes, but they have a lot of locations. And on that scale too, we can make it that, you know, instead of having to manage 148 different filers that are going to run out of space in one day and have to be migrated, or instead of having to manage uh, backing up 148 different systems uh, with the man in the van who comes to do that, uh, instead that can all be centralized in the cloud for you know backup and uh, capacity purposes and managed like it's one file system instead of managed like it's 148 so i'm trying to answer your question by saying that on the large side it could be large in terms of locations it could be large in terms of petabytes even if they're smaller in terms of uh, petabytes it could be a lot of sites yeah so it's more use case driven than uh, than capacity driven Oh, very much so. So, so the, 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 the main use case that um, people invest in, in our technology uh, is uh, for NAS consolidation, uh, simply to get rid of the existing filer and backup infrastructure from, a, from their sites, from their robo sites as well as from their main headquarters sites uh, to physically replace that stuff and move it into object storage, typically into the cloud with Azure uh, or maybe uh, some on-premise uh, object storage. The second use case is really around collaboration, this, this idea of being able to have a single source of truth to speed up manufacturing processes, to speed up architecture and engineering processes, 
uh, because rather than having to copy large amounts of data around the world to do that, we just have to move the deltas into the cloud and everyone has access to the same stuff. Does it make sense? No, totally. So you mentioned many times you remove backup, okay? So I I, I suppose you have a snapshot mechanism of some sort and uh, uh, I also suppose... Uh, that uh, the appliance itself is uh, is just a piece of hardware, right? So all the intelligence remains in the cloud, meaning that yeah, if you lose the, the, the hardware, who cares, right? Yeah, the, the, the technology that goes on-premise is disposable because um, when, when a user writes a file uh, to our edge cache appliances, uh, the file is um, uh, sent into the cloud file system. Uh, but after that file is initially copied up there, what happens is, um, whenever there's a change to the file, that change is also sent uh, to the cloud. So the, the cloud file system natively contains a continuous timeline. Um, so every version of every file is kept, by default, it's kept forever. So it's not snapshotting in the old-fashioned sense of snapshotting a volume. Uh, it's continuous or near-continuous file-level versioning. So if I make a change to a file, I can be sure that that file uh, change is uh, captured in the cloud. What this means then is I can go back to any point in time really rapidly for a file or for a tree or for a share or for a whole volume. Um, and I can do this uh, uh, much more quickly than I could recover from a snapshot, for example, in the past. Mm -hmm. And it means because we can keep these snapshots uh, at the file level forever in the object storage. Uh, of course, you can expire them in the old-fashioned way if you want to, but it means that um, I have uh, a snapshot point in time. Um, I don't also need to make a separate backup of that. And if you go back to the, the advantage of object storage in Rico, it's a cost advantage, right? Um, we see object storage with typically 1.6x raw to usable uh, so very, very low cost compared to making six or more backup copies and replica copies that we would do uh, traditionally along with all the overhead that goes with that. So I think that um, uh, it's not just about the, um, the recoverability of, of that. It's also about the, what does it cost to be able to do that. And that's what having a, uh, um, uh, a file system which is natively implemented in object storage in the cloud can let us do. Hmm. Yeah, and... Now, this sounds really, really interesting. And uh, actually, I prepared a, a couple of questions about competition sure. and, uh, and stuff. But uh, after this, uh, you know, this chat, it's quite harder for me because I was thinking uh, before meeting you um, about uh, Microsoft Azure with uh, Store Simple, but actually it's an appliance that as a well, still, object. Still simple, still simple solves a very different problem. Still yes. simple is natively natively a block device, not a file device. And Nasuni is no use for your block storage. We're really only focused on unstructured file data. And the other thing with uh, Still Simple um, is it it makes a copy of the data into the cloud, but it doesn't let me access it from multiple locations. So it's just a it's a very different category. We we, we don't really compete. Uh, actually, Microsoft. Uh, works very closely with us. We're um, number one uh, ISV co-sell partner uh, for Microsoft Azure globally today. Okay. Um, and uh, that's because, you know, we, we, uh, we, we drive a lot of consumption of Azure with the cloud file system to solve a different problem than what the store simple is for, really. Mm -hmm. No, I do understand. 
at the end of the day, this is a really, really interesting story because, you know, the NAS consolidation is quite important. So the return on investment, I think it's uh, quite massive for your customers because uh, just the fact that they remove all this uh, NAS and they, you know, uh, the backup system that they have, potentially they improve security and many other things. So at the end of the day, it's uh, it's really great. Uh, what is your business model? So what uh, what you really charge for? Yeah, so we have a, uh, a software as a service business model. So what do we charge for? Well, um, if you if you if I do it by comparing to a traditional you know, NAS like NetApp or something like that, there would be the cost of the disk, the cost of the goods. We don't charge you for that. For us. The, the the disk is the 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 object storage so so for somehow you pay for the object storage um, and then what we charge for is the other part on your nas historically you would have some software license costs that's how we make our money uh, but we don't charge that uh, as a, a a big perpetual license cost we just charge uh, per terabyte per year for the uh, use of the software um, so uh, when we engage with customers, we try to find out how many terabytes they need. We, we care only about the aggregate terabytes. It doesn't matter how much is in one location, how much is in another location. So we're interested in the total front-end terabytes that you want to write uh, into your global cloud file system. We don't charge extra for the snapshots, for example, anything like that. Um, and, uh, and then we, we, uh, we figure it out per terabyte per year. Okay. The more terabytes, the lower the cost per terabyte, basically. No, it's also very easy to understand, so there is no... This is, the, I think, the wonderful thing about a subscription model, and for me, it's the big reason that people are moving to the cloud. Uh, it's to do with finance. Really, what we're doing, Enrico, is we are changing um, file storage, unstructured file storage, from CapEx to OpEx. Uh, before I would have to buy um, multiple years worth of uh, uh, file storage and backup infrastructure. Uh, now I just pay per year for that. And what it means is that if it's uh, something you need a little bit more of, you pay a little bit more. But it might be something you need a little bit less of. You, you, you may have divested part of your business or moved people out of a, a location or something like that. So it converts the cost of storage to a variable operating cost, uh, which means it's much less risky for the customers. Um, obviously, we hope that customers will renew at the end of every year, and uh, you know we, we enjoy a very healthy renewal rate, uh, we're proud to say. But um, uh, the customers don't have to make a big investment in multiple years' worth of infrastructure cost uh, in order to deliver a global file system everywhere. It's software as a service. Yeah, I totally understand uh, your point. Also, because this is the same identical model that we use at OpenIO. So, at the end, I of think the, the day, whole market is going this way. I think the days of, um, as an IT director, and I, I used to be one myself, of going to your CFO to ask for more capex um, to spend on stuff that you put in your basement. Um, I think this model is uh, is dead because um, everybody's CFO has read the Financial Times and understands that he doesn't have to part with all that cash and he can have a lower risk approach. And so I think that it's not only the the raw storage in the cloud um, or the on-premise um, object storage, which we can grow uh, 
uh, at commodity prices that, that has this characteristic. I think it has to be for everything that is leveraging that as well. Um, at the end of the day, cost, customers just want to know, what does it cost me to store this much data? If my business needs more, what does that cost? And if my business needs less next year, what does that cost? And I think that's the, the, the whole market is going that way. Yes. Do you also have a special you know, model or special licensing for service provider? I don't know if you work with service provider also if, if they do not, business with not, not really, no. That's not part of our model. We're, we're very focused on the needs of um, uh, enterprise customers. Now, yeah. uh, sometimes uh, some service providers have taken us uh, to customers um, because uh, the service provider is providing the object storage. Uh, we work, as I say, very closely with Microsoft, but we have also partners uh, that are not as big as Microsoft, yeah. uh, up in Norway, for example, um, who are selling, you know, uh, S3 storage uh, or S3 compatible storage. But to turn that S3 compatible storage into something useful, they would introduce Nasuni and uh, resell Nasuni, perhaps. Um, but, you know, we're not trying to sell our solution to the service provider. We think the service provider should provide um, S3 compatible, you know, you know blob storage, uh, something like that. Right. And um, um, do you have a channel or there are mostly direct sales? Yeah. No, we work entirely through channel. Now, um, you know, Enrico, you know me from a long time ago. I've built a number of storage businesses uh, here in Europe and, and out in Asia Pac. And I think that when you have something which is um, interesting in the market, which is different to what people already know, uh, the best way for people to learn about that is through uh, the channel that they already work with. And so we work with um, uh, a number of channel partners here in the UK uh, and in Germany and in France at this stage also and uh, uh, some of the Scandinavian and Benelux countries. Uh, at this stage, that's our, that's our focus. So here in the UK, for example, we work with people like Softcat, Uh, people like CDW Kilway, people like uh, Bytes, people like uh, very interesting companies like Nefos Technologies in London uh, who are cloud system integrators, uh, really a new category in the channel. I think the channel is changing in interesting ways uh, as everybody reacts to this big move now from uh, on-premise fixed cost infrastructure to as a service. Um, and what we're doing is we're taking... Uh, as, a as a service subscription model uh, to places it hasn't been before. Uh, you know, the, the entire infrastructure stack, I think, will go that way. And that means that the channel is also needing to change and shift its focus. Yeah, totally agree. So, Andy, it was really, really interesting this uh, chat with you. And um, I don't know if you can give us a few links or, uh, you know, the website of Nazuni where we can find you if someone wants to go deeper in the discussion. Well, um, we, we'd love to hear from you. If you go to nasuni.com, uh, Nasuni, by the way, it's N-A-S-U-N-I. It's like NAS and then Uni is like Universal File System. Uh, that's what we call our cloud-native file system is UniFS. Um, so if you go to uh, nasuni.com, Um, there's a contact uh, page there. We'd uh, get back to you very quickly. Here in Europe, we have um, teams of people in London and Munich, uh, and we'd be very happy to connect with you. Uh, anyone's free to call me directly as well. Um, it's Andy Hardy. My email is ahardy, A-H-A-R-D-Y, at nasuni.com. Uh, we welcome your inquiries. 
Andy, thanks again for uh, this podcast and uh, talk to you soon. Ciao, ragazzo. <laughs> Ciao, Andy. <laughs>